I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. The best anti-anxiety medication is grief. Understanding that we often have anxiety attached to a trauma, attached to a past experience, And if we don't acknowledge it, which we're going to, again, talk about in just a second, acknowledge it, feel it, deal with it and work through it, then it's, then we're going to be stuck. That's the point of our book, the science of stuck. That's where we're going to be stuck. And so the best anti-anxiety medication is grief. And it's generally grief over a loss. We lost something. We lost a person. We lost an opportunity. We lost a dream. We lost an ability. Uh, so many things that, uh, will come under the umbrella of a loss. And so when we have anxiety, we realize that it's attached to a trauma and it's often a loss and we have to acknowledge that. Welcome to self-helpful. I'm your guide, Kevin Miller, and I curate the sea of new personal development messages to bring the most influential leaders onto this show. Join me as I question my guests to better understand their counsel so we can all integrate the wisdom into our lives because we all want to elevate our own experience and improve the way we show up for others. The Self-Helpful Podcast is presented by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping coaches. Visit Ziggler.com. Hello, Self-Helpful listeners. In this episode, nine paradigm changing points on anxiety and trauma. This is my wrap up on this series on anxiety, though running parallel with it the whole time was the topic of trauma. My muse and resident expert was Britt Frank, a survivor of much trauma and trial. Uh, But Britt is a renowned therapist and author. The new book is The Science of Stuck breaking through inertia to find your path forward. And she turns our perspective on anxiety upside down and gives us a fresh look at what trauma is as well and how to come to a reckoning with it. In episode three, I brought on a past guest and Britt's friend and associate and one of New York City's most in-demand relationship therapists, Vienna Farron, author of The Origins of You, How Breaking Family Patterns Can Liberate the Way We Live and Love. And from both of these experts, I've come away with nine points on anxiety and nine points on trauma that I'm now holding onto and working to learn and engage with in my own life. I'm going to share them with you now. 
All right. Nine paradigm changing points on anxiety and trauma. These are literally the highlights that I pulled out from Britt Frank and also from Vienna Farron. But primarily, this is Britt's message from her book, The Science of Stuck. So I'm just going to go down through what really jumped out and resonated with me and that I am pondering and working with right now. So on anxiety, number one, Britt brings to us that anxiety is not a mental illness. It's the body's appropriate response to stress. That really stood out to me that we do tend to look at anxiety like, oh yeah, I have a lot of anxiety, like I have red hair or I, you know, I caught it like COVID and it's just something that kind of came upon and took control of us. And she's saying, no, it's not a mental illness. It's the body's appropriate response to stress. So we're feeling anxiety. It's the body doing what it's supposed to do. All right. Number two, she takes on the idea of a chemical imbalance theory. That's behind a lot of mental health issues that we look and say, oh, my chemicals are wrong. Again, I was, I caught something or I was made faulty. Now that is not at all to diminish or minimize anyone who really is dealing with that. And sometimes when we don't deal with something, a trauma, which we'll talk about here shortly, do it well, we can cause an imbalance in ourselves, but it's not often or at least always an inherent imbalance in us. Again, it's something that has, there's a causation in our lives, in our, in our, in our mental and our reactions and responses to something. And again, we're going to get to trauma in just a moment. Number three, Britt talks about it, likens anxiety to the check engine light on our car. It's a really good perspective to look at when the check engine light comes on on our car and let's say it keeps coming on, we don't get frustrated at the light and go try to fix the bulb or the wire going to it. We realize, oh, it keeps telling me that something is wrong. We'll often go to a mechanic and try to get them to run a diagnostics and figure out what's wrong. And they run it and go, oh, you've got a airflow valve problem or a flap static relay issue or, you know, whatever it may be. And they go to that root issue. She's saying, that's what anxiety is. It's pointing to something. Let's get to that instead of just treating the anxiety and in essence, the symptom. Uh, so a check engine light in your car, if you think about that, that, oh, I'm, I'm feeling this, that's your body saying, Hey, something's happening. Number four with anxiety, the issue is primarily stress. It's our body stress, our, our, our mind, our body stressing about something. It's a feeling and an emotion. Again, so here's the check engine light. It's There's a feeling and an emotion at the root. And that's what we're looking for. And that's why she's saying that we need to get to the body sensations. We'll come to that in just a moment. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to take about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so it, your lungs don't have to. 
Air Doctor. It comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code Kevin. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top-tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Number five on anxiety perspective, looking at it, uh, she says, we often go forward with a, an anxiety, which is a response to a trauma. And we do it from what we learned as a kid. What we learned is that she even talked about like a, being a three-year-old and three-year-old, this happened. You took it in the way that you took it in, which was probably often not healthy, not realistic, not factual, uh, but that's what we learned. And how often we take that on that you may be dealing right now at the age of 53 with a skill set, a response that you learned at the age of three and possibly, probably errantly learned, unhealthfully learned, immaturely learned. And yet that is the reality when we don't go deal with it. And I'm saying this again, this is, these are the things that highlights that are to me, I'm not offering to you. Uh, them to you as somebody who's arrived at these things. I am learning this now. I've gotten the knowledge. Here it is. This is what I'm looking at going, hmm, how am I going to put this into place in my life? These understandings. Number six under anxiety. Anxiety is not merely an emotion, but a series of body sensations. And Brit's really pulling us to look and realize, I mean, it, there is an emotion involved, but our body's reacting. And I relate to this one a lot. I, I'll have anxiety about something. And this is, you know, this is a, a, a really shallow example, but I will admit to a speeding problem. So when I go by a cop, whether I'm speeding or not, I have that reaction. I've had it since I was a kid. I started speeding the day I started driving. I've got a story behind that. And my body has a sensation. I can feel it. And she's saying, pay attention to that. What is that? Your, your body is feeling this. Pay attention to what those body sensations are. They are telling you something and you're, you're, you're realizing them and understand, realizing them in a certain area. And that has merit. Now that's deeper 
knowledge, understanding that we're going to get to here. And I'd say, if you want to understand more about that, get Britt's book, The Science of Stuck. But she's really pulling us to pay attention to the body sensations. When we have anxiety, we're feeling it in different parts of our body. It's not just up here in our head. We're feeling it throughout, which I would also call you to listen to, if you haven't, my past series with Dr. Will Cole on gut feelings and understanding the gut and the brain connection. Number seven under anxiety, Britt calls us to say the best anti-anxiety medication is grief. I'll say it again. The best anti-anxiety medication is grief. Understanding that we often have anxiety attached to a trauma, attached to a past experience. And if we don't acknowledge it, which we're going to, again, talk about in just a second, acknowledge it, feel it, deal with it, and work through it, then it's then we're going to be stuck. That's the point of our book, The Science of Stuck. That's where we're going to be stuck. And so the best anti-anxiety medication is grief. And it's generally grief over a loss. We lost something. We lost a person. We lost an opportunity. We lost a dream. We lost an ability. Uh, so many things that uh, will come under the umbrella of a loss. And so when we have anxiety, we realize that it's attached to a trauma and it's often a loss. And we have to acknowledge that. And again, I'm going to hit that in just a second. Number eight, Britt says anxiety is a physical cue that allows us to know when we are out of alignment with external safety or internal truth. Now that's one that's going to take some unpacking. That's one that uh, would take some journaling or some, some discussing with you with someone else. We'll read it again. Anxiety is a physical cue that allows us to know when we are out of alignment. So anxiety out of alignment with external safety or an internal truth. Something's out of alignment. That's what our anxiety is telling us. And then number nine, there are rewards for holding on to our anxiety. And if you heard my show in part one, episode one, uh, part one of this series with Brit, I don't like that. And yet I had to agree with it. There are rewards. There are rewards of holding on and remaining stuck. We want to hold on to the pain sometimes. We want to hold on to the resentment. We want to hold on to the unforgiveness. We want to hold on to the bitterness. I say we because I'm included in that. I resonated with that. It held true. Uh, it spoke to me of some truth. And again, we're looking at awareness and understanding so we can get the cards on the table and better deal with all this. All right. Those are the nine aspects of anxiety. You might want to go listen to those again, but now I'm going to move on to trauma, which we just kept coming to time and time again. Trauma, number one from Brit, you can't, trauma comes from when you can't metabolize the experience. Metabolize. Think about that with food. When you eat a food, if you eat a salad and you think this is great, I'm going to get all these nutrients, but your body can't absorb it, can't assimilate it, can't take those nutrients, spread them out into the body. And so that you benefit from it, then you are, you know, probably going to have indigestion. You're going to crap it out. You're not going to benefit from it. So you're saying trauma is when you can't metabolize an experience. This is where you don't want to, we don't want to judge it. It just is. All right. Number two. Trauma is not what happens to us, but what we hold inside in the absence of an empathetic witness. I'm going to read it again. Trauma is not what happens to us, but what we hold inside in the absence of an empathetic witness. So I'm right away thinking of a witness, somebody else. And that's fair, especially if you're a kid, 
trauma happens and you don't have somebody there that can help you metabolize it, who can't uh, be empathetic with you. However, what also resonated to me was that empathetic witness that I may have an absence of in a trauma is me. This is for me, it may not be you, but often uh, for, for myself, almost always, that has been me. I have been the empathetic one. I have judged my feelings and ignored them, stuffed them, denied them, rejected them. I'm the empathetic witness that I needed in this case. You can dwell on that one. Number three on trauma. Uh, she said, it's simply a clinical way of saying your brain is overwhelmed. Again, a minute ago, number one, we said can't metabolize it. This is another way of saying it. You're just overwhelmed. Trauma is being overwhelmed. And I think we often find that in more and more in this busyness, this, we, we tend to say, oh, I'm so stressed out. You know, I'm freaking out. I'm wigging out. I'm whatever. And it's an overwhelmed, a feeling of overwhelmed. A lot of times I feel like we put ourselves in there. I do. I make a lot of my own choices that put me in an overwhelmed state and that that's a trauma. And she's saying it's a clinical way of saying your brain is overwhelmed. So think about that when you're feeling overwhelmed and you're speaking those terms, that's an aspect of anxiety uh, uh, or, or anxiety is a symptom then of a trauma that you're realizing in this overwhelmed sense. And I think that's important because I think we minimize that overwhelmness. We even hold it up in our culture as busyness, you know, is so great. And yet that's not helping us. That is eating away at our health and wellness and our peace. The opposite of peace, I'm going to say in this case is anxiety. Number four, really interesting. Britt talks about a trauma response. How often we have a trauma response. We feel that when it manifests as this anxiety and it's your body reacting even in the absence of a threat, it's not really there. It's like watching a horror movie. You're not really in danger, but you can have that feeling. I resonate with that when people show me, uh, send me videos of cycling things and uh, often they'll have wrecks in them. And man, I don't like to have, I, I don't like to see that. I get the same feeling, uh, almost worse than when I had the wreck myself or had it in the past or have one now. Uh, I don't like to see those. I, 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 it's internalized. So that's a trauma response. And again, that's an, an aspect of unresolved trauma. Number five, really interesting. Britt talks about laziness and a lack of motivation, not being bad habits, but their trauma responses. And I actually had somebody close to me in my life talk about our, uh, what looks like laziness and lack of motivation is often somebody who's just doing something to feel safe when they don't otherwise which is a trauma. So they've experienced something and they're doing this. It may look like laziness or lack of motivation. This isn't just a cop out for everybody who's unmotivated, not moving, but she says it so often is a trauma response. There's something deeper in what we're seeing as laziness or lack of motivation or what we're experiencing in ourselves is a symptom of a trauma. Number six, and it was Vienna who brought this out, but she attributed it to Brit. She said, Brit's so good at saying and, and really calling us to say, you make sense. And this goes to, and I'm going to be talking about this in, in a future show coming up, but our tendency to discount our feelings and say, I feel this and I shouldn't be. I, I, I feel this, this happened. I'm judging it as insignificant. I shouldn't feel that way. And we put it away. That's me definitely to a T. And yet 
it's not helping me. That judgment's not helping me. And the feeling is still there. So as my brother, Jared has said before, you know, if it just is, it just is, doesn't help to minimize it. You might as well, uh, deal with it, which brings me to, to number seven. And I'm actually going to attribute this to something that Vienna Farron brought out as we talked about Brit's message. And, uh, so number seven here, Vienna said, uh, cause I asked her, should we take those things like that? Like th- take that thing that I'm judging and should I, and I use the word. And if you listen to, to, uh, episode three in this series, you'll hear me say, should we give it more gravity? And she said, actually, no, no, but we do need to acknowledge it. Big difference. We need to name it. We need to acknowledge it. But when I said the word gravity, what, what it spoke to her of, that's when we can tend to distort it awfulize it. We can make it worse and that makes us feel worse. So that's, it's, it's hurting us, but we do want to acknowledge it, acknowledge it. And it is what it is, not judge it, not distort it, but acknowledge it. Not something I've done. And I see so many people who don't, we don't acknowledge those. We don't acknowledge the feelings underneath the emotions and, and, and whatnot. And so number that goes to number eight. And she said, Vienna said, when we do that, it's a disconnect from ourselves. We're disconnecting from ourselves. Here's something I'm feeling. It is, I can feel it, a body response as Britt talks about. And it it is, I'm noticing this. And now I'm going to discount it, reject it, minimize it, judge it. And she says, that's disconnecting from ourselves. That's not helping. So again, back to acknowledging it. And then number nine, and this was the mic drop that we literally ended the uh, part three in the series. Vienna said, when we acknowledge something, as we were talking about this, she says, we often don't want to because we fear that it will give power. Acknowledging the issue will give power to it. Acknowledging the emotion, the bad feeling, the trauma that we fear acknowledging it will give power to it. She says, no, acknowledging it, acknowledging it, not distorting it, not giving it too much gravity, like I said, and she corrected me on, uh, if we do it healthfully, acknowledging it with grace, I'm going to say it gives power to us. I'll read her quote again. When we acknowledge something, we fear it gives power to it instead of giving power to us. And it gives power to us. That's a big statement to take from here. As we look at anxiety, as we look at trauma, that we want to take those captive and understand what is this feeling, this anxiety, this body trauma, what is it pointing to? It's pointing to a trauma, something that we haven't dealt with well, we haven't metabolized well. And then Vienna's calling us to say, acknowledge it, acknowledge it. It just is. And Brit's saying, and what you may need to do to that is to grieve something, something you lost, you fear losing, or you, you, uh, are, or, or have some trauma around, uh, having lost it that you haven't resolved, you haven't reconciled, you haven't made peace with. Big medicine, folks. Well, again, big thanks to Britt Frank and the topic of her book, The Science of Stuck, Breaking Through Inertia, uh, to find your path forward. And thank you also to Britt's friend who recommended her for this show, Vienna Farron, author of The Origins of You, How Breaking Family Patterns Can Liberate the Way We Live and Love. Uh, and I'm left with some new perspectives, a bunch of them, and much hope to apply to my own issues around anxiety and trauma. I hope you are too. Friends, thank you for tuning into Self Helpful, where I curate the sea of new personal development materials and help you integrate wisdom into your life. 
because we all want to elevate our own experience and improve the way we show up for others. 